Hello everyone and welcome to the first ever episode of the From the Backseat Football Podcast. We're two co-hosts and we're very excited to bring this to you today. Um, my name is Jack bateman and with me is... Hugh bateman the younger. You might be wondering why we have very similar names. We <laughs> <laughs> hadn't cottoned on. We may be related. We are related, in fact. <laughs> and we share a great love of football as well as the same surname. Which is why we're doing this. So, on today's episode, there's lots to talk about. We don't know how long it's going to run for all, because this is, you know, this is is number one. This is the inaugural pod, so please allow us a few slip-ups while we find our groove. Exactly. Will it be 40 minutes? Will it be two hours? Who can really say? I guess we'll find out. But what we will be talking about today is the obvious women's Euro win. It came home. It bloody came home. Massive. Community Shield, it came home for me, so I'm a Liverpool fan, so <laughs> you'll be getting some very biased views from me, and hopefully hopefully some less biased views from Hugh. And then we'll just be talking about, you know, the upcoming season, some hot takes, we're going to be doing a lot of hot takes, but justified, nothing silly, just hot. Yet. Yet. <laughs> and some discussion points as well, you know, transfers, what we think will go well, what we won't. And then any other business? Any other business that comes to mind? It's kind of freeform. It is freeform. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talking about the Euros, Hugh, how did you feel watching the women Euros it was, win? It was really good. I was pleasantly surprised. Now, obviously, I'm a noob um, to the women's game. It's not something I've regularly followed. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really fun ride, really, wasn't it? It, it was a great ride. Yeah. I agree. I'm also a bit of a novice, but it captured my attention a lot. Yeah. And I was surprised how much I was into it by the end. Yeah, I was fully, fully engrossed in it. I think the girls did us wonderfully proud. Yes, majorly. So yeah. let's dig into the actual game. What do you think? What, what was your highlight of the match, do you think? I mean, I feel like there's one really obvious one. Yeah, it's John Scott kind of fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> Love that um, shithousery from her. Yeah, yes. the elder statesman of the team. Just give it exactly. Love. Jill Scott, thirty-five years old, one hundred and sixty-one England caps. I wouldn't mess with Jill Scott. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> that, Me I neither. Mess with Jill. I would not want to see um, her in a dark alley. I guess again, you know, as I'm a novice, but there was a lot of grit in that match. There was a lot of grit. Yeah. You know, I was surprised how aggressive the whole match was. Feel like there there could have been a lot more cards. I feel like there was a red card in there. Yeah, I mean, I saw some criticism for the referee, but I thought she did quite well. I mean, it flowed, didn't it? It was quite a scrappy game anyway, in many respects. And I guess it's normal in the final. You know, no team wants to make make a mistake. You know what I mean? But I think the referee did quite well in terms of. I think so. Keeping the energy up because this is it in a final. A red card does sometimes ruin it. I would have welcomed a Germany red card. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. But we could have away, though. <laughs> yeah. There was some very contentious, contentious yeah. challenges. I remember Stanway was on a yellow, and she was thundering around, just chopping everyone. Yeah, yeah they were. it was meaty. It was a meaty game, which was a, something I wasn't expecting. Nice. I would have taken her off, but yeah. fair play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the women, they've got some cojones in them. Definitely. I and mean? none bigger than Lucy Bronze, I would say. <sighs> what a unit. I mean, she was a winner. She, I'd say, she's the most competitive England player I think I've ever seen. Yeah. She was leaving with that trophy, yeah. one way or another. That, that right back of the defence where, where she was landed was just solid. Like, nothing came from that side. I'm pretty sure the equaliser came from the opposite side, actually. 
It did, yeah. It did. Probably a testament to Lucy Bronze. And how really, what we needed was two Lucy Bronze, arguably. <sighs> well, if we had 11 Lucy Bronze, then whatever. Yeah. It's a James Milner complex. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she, she was immense. There was one particular moment where she had the ball, just kind of carried it into the middle, went past one, and just absolutely two-footed such a player. I mean, it was carnage. And she did get the ball, and she was furious they got given, but... Did she get the woman? Oh, mate, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she got the woman. That sounds like a 10 out of 10 challenge to me. So that was pretty immense. I really enjoyed that. My favourite moment from Lucy is when she uh, she blocked a goal-bound effort with her head. Head. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it even snapped back. I think she stood tall. Which, again, is a testament to that big noggin. So, yeah. Yeah, she, she was awesome. I'm a really big fan of her. And I'm happy that she won it, because I think... She, I think she took it personally that she didn't win, or England didn't win last time they had a go. Right, she was like, she was amazing in the last, was it the World Cup that we got to the final and lost? Yeah. I think it was, wasn't it? She was incredible that tournament in the run. Exactly, so she had a bit of a vendetta. A bit of redemption for for old Lucy. Yeah. She's amazing. Awesome, absolutely awesome. On a wider kind of view of that, is it a turning point for the English game as a whole? I'm sure it's going to galvanise the women's game, as it should. I think so. I think one thing that would be good is I think it definitely takes the pressure off all of the other kind of national teams in England, you know, across all the levels, because like, mm. that monkey is off the collective back now, you know. A major trophy has been won against the old enemy. The old enemy. You know, well. it was it was poetic in a way. and At Wembley. At Wembley. And, and dispelled so, the ghosts of Euro 2020 for, for the men's team. Exactly. So I think it's massive. And... I hope that it brings more attention to the women's game because it's honestly excellent. Like, I'll yeah. be following all of the international tournaments. Very competitive. I don't know if I will follow WSL realistically simply because I don't know if I want to double the amount of <laughs> games I have to watch. But I'll be keeping a much keener eye on the Liverpool, you know, women's team now. Um, and hopefully the kind of profile keeps going up. But yeah, so sick. I mean, it does feel good to finally say it came home. I was actually feeling quite emotional like, yeah. after watching it in the end. Yeah. And I think part of it was because it was the women somehow. It made me feel more emotional. Because yeah. like, I feel like there's more of an underdog story. I really wanted them to do well. With the men's, it's just like raw passion. I just want them to win. But I felt like, I don't know, it was more emotional for me rather than just yeah. like raw um, desire, I guess. I mean, there's like less pressure on the women's team to perform. I mean, this isn't... This isn't like a... I'm not trying to do a boy versus girl because we're not going down that route in this pod, that's for sure. <laughs> At least, yeah. Let, let's not do that on episode one. <laughs> Maybe there. We'll save that for another day. But yeah, I do wonder if, like, there isn't as much pressure. Or it's more supportive, the general feeling from the public. I get that impression. I think the atmosphere was a lot better. Mm. There were no people having fights outside. It's definitely more child-friendly. Yes. Yeah, that was something that I did want to touch on was... Yeah, you know, would you agree with me saying that there was a completely different atmosphere to the to the women's? Not even just in the final though, just in all the games. Definitely, I think there was honestly a better atmosphere. I would yeah. say. I felt more you like know? a rugby crowd. Yeah. More, more kind of civil. And perhaps that is the kind of the the gateway forward. You know, that maybe women's football is, you know, more cost effective. First and foremost, it's so expensive to like follow men's football that you don't get. That's a good point. You lose a lot of kind of real fans to kind of tourist fans. Yeah. And then also, it's just more kind of family friendly. So I this think this is it. Maybe it broadly appealed more to, you know, a demographic that men's football doesn't. You know, if I wanted to bring the missus to a football game, she she told me where to go. Exactly. But it's probably more chance of convincing them to go to a women's game. 
Exactly. And not so just because they're women on the pitch. That's potentially the opportunity for them to really yeah. expand it out. They may not convert everyone, but I think there's a big gap, you know, for a lot of people. Attitudes towards women's game has has changed massively in the last couple of years. I agree. Even my own foolish thoughts. I was surprised at how good, how tenacious it was, the quality of everything. Like, if we talk about specifics, I thought Walsh was amazing Walsh was in that good. kind of deep-lying playmaker role. You were a big fan of that assist, weren't you? I, I thought it was so good. <laughs> in my head, I was like, no one can do that assist. There may be, there may be three players I can think of who can do it, and she's one of them. She did put the eye through the needle. It was an excellent pass. Honestly, I loved it. And I just thought it was run. so good. It was a great run. It was a great run too. It's fun space. The finish wasn't bad either. <laughs> Don't even get me started. What would you call that finish? We call it the Gabby Jesus after the Chelsea pre- <laughs> pre-season game. <laughs> uh, but no, a... she hit that with a plum. Like it was you know, it, for me aesthetically. That was the kind of chip that I'm so here for. Same. No bounces before the line. That's exactly it. No bounce. No, straight in. Just, it was so bold. Yeah. And it was such a big goal to go for a chip, really, isn't it? No, exactly. She could have easily yeah. not done that. You know, but I was expected to smack it straight to the goalie's face that was rushing out. So, <laughs> yeah, that composure was, was lovely. It was great. Lovely Those goal. few seconds where it's in the air and everyone's like, what's happening? Surely yeah. not. So Surely she's not done that. you a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was a great goal from now. I thought Leah Williamson was excellent as well. Brilliant at the back. Yeah. I, honestly, I thought she was noticeably good. Captain like, leader, legend. <laughs> <laughs> just marshalled it all. You know, nothing really got through her. Um, apart from when she got pulled out of position for the goal. But apart from that, she yeah. was covering the left back. It wasn't really her fault. No, and that was an excellent work goal as well from Jeremy. All credit to them. It was. They figured out, they just overload the right. And they yeah. did, and it worked, and that's how they were getting it's in. Good response, to be fair. You know, actually, let's let's be fair to the Germans. You know, you come to our backyard, some like eighty-seven thousand fans there, mostly rooting for England. Yeah, you're just going to go down what the seventieth minute or something like that. Um, and to get an equaliser, I think it was within mm-hmm. ten minutes. Don't quote me on that, but within ten minutes they found the equaliser, and it was a well-worked goal. So, they definitely made a you know a game of it after going down. I think arguably they were the better team for long periods. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Going into extra time, I was I was concerned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the England players are absolutely dead on their feet, but that's what comes. No rotation, no changes yeah. in the starting lineup throughout the whole tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was inevitable, and yeah, I was fearing the worst. I was getting deja vu of uh, the Euros last year. I was like, we're going to yeah, Pens. same. We're going to Pens at Wembley again, and we're all going to get well. heartbroken again. Yeah, I don't think naturally we could have taken it. No, it was we needed we needed the dub. <laughs> we needed the win. <laughs> um, we bloody got it. Big up Kelly. What yeah. coaches go away. That was great. When we were watching it earlier, we were kind of re-watching it. And we realised that because she swings for it and she misses it initially, the goalkeeper is anticipating to make a save. So yeah. the goalie doesn't react to catch it. She gets a second chance and absolutely buries it. And yeah, loved it. Loved the celebration. Loved, loved the, the pause. The pause. You know, just yeah. to check. Kind of dead because that's what VAR's done. But then she was off. No, I mean, it's worth checking. I mean, you'd look more of an idiot if you just run off and then realise you've been called Well, back. This, this is it. Yeah. It is a shame. They should do something about VAR, though. The fact that play, like, no one actually called a decision there. It was just because of all yeah. the VAR stuff that's happened before. It's the only reason that she paused. Exactly. Um, and there is something a bit soul-destroying of, like, that pause between jubilation. Yeah, having to turn it off, but then turn it back yeah. on. 
but I think she went straight back to 100 yeah, after I that. Yeah, I mean, fairness to Kelly, she, she literally took off after that. And, you know, we loved the, the shirt celebration off. As yeah. you would, any English person would. Iconic. You're Take the yellow. You're scoring against Germany. I you could see there. her considering it, and it was like, do you know what? No. Fuck it. Had your <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And why the hell not? I loved it. So one interesting thought, sliding doors moment, Phil Neville. He was the manager <laughs> not that long ago, which yeah. seems crazy. I honestly and the change to Serena Wiegmann now is, yeah, it's like totally crazy. Sean can cheat, isn't it? I think we can definitely say England would not have won if he was the <laughs> no, no, I think the FA figured that out pretty quick after the last tournament. Which just shows what an absolute joke that was. Yeah, it just seems even more bizarre now to see this has happened because it's pretty much the same set of players. Exactly. What a change where you get an actual manager who's been a manager before and won stuff, as opposed to a famous brother. Say no more. And it was interesting as well, it's, like, it's not like we had an easy run to the final. We actually played some of the best women's teams. Yeah, legit. Um, Spain, up there as one of the, the favourites. I'm pretty sure Sweden are up there. I think they might have been the favourites at one point. Because they absolutely the betting odds. Know. Please forgive me, fans, because I can't remember her name for the life of me. But she won the, she won the female golden boot maybe last year, the year before. Yeah, Sweden were hot. Norway was supposed to be hot. They were not, but, you yeah, know. Didn't see any of that. No. And yet Germany were also immense. Yeah. Well good. earned. Well deserved. Well done, Lionesses. You've done our country proud. Amen. Over to you, men. Qatar 2022. What have you got? <laughs> this is it. Could be the start of a very exciting golden golden era. Yeah. If I was because a... there's two major tournaments coming up now. Two World Cups. Yeah. Both England teams looking, maybe not the favourites, but... Maybe the women are the favourites now. Well, it's hard should, to say. By, by divine right, they should be, shouldn't they, really? But definitely with a shout, which is exciting. Yeah. Roll on 2022, it's Amen. So one thing I thought was interesting, and this is, this is not a slight on women's football, but as someone who predominantly watches men's football, it would be really interesting to see more crossover in terms of the kind of managers and management. Because you get a lot of male managers in the female game, but we haven't really had any female managers... Um, in the men's game and if anything hopefully we can just see more kind of fluidity between them you know like after after Serena Wiegmann is kind of you know finished with England and she's won everything she's won the next five tournaments whatever she's won two back to back hasn't she maybe she could take over as the men's England coach or something like that do you know what I mean I wonder if like women's football achievements transfer over into the thinking of men's football clubs in terms of the hiring process I feel like this tournament might have changed that because yeah. and there's no reason why it wouldn't exactly no. so that would be an interesting thing and I'd be all for that as well to has see it a bit more uh, fluidity I don't know has it I don't. I don't know a female boss I feel like maybe yes but I'm not aware of it because no, but then also I feel like it would have been heralded I feel like it would have been announced I yeah. feel like it would have been a fairly recent thing perhaps in like lower leagues like non-league or something. Mm. But definitely nothing in the kind of top leagues in Europe. Yeah. I mean, Emma Hayes, Chelsea's on the team. She's, she's an excellent football brain. Exactly. Um, she really is, actually. She really is, yeah. Even when but she seems very game. happy. Yeah. Or maybe... No, I can't think of the top of my head. I mean, in theory, it should make sense. But the fact that it hasn't happened does raise, like, I wonder why that is. Yeah, but this is it. Maybe this tournament could be a catalyst for a lot of change and that could be one of them, you know? Hopefully. I'd like to see that. Same. Yeah. Serena Wigman to take over from yeah. Gareth Southgate. Well, no, let's just keep her in the women's football. She's doing a stellar job. Just do both. <laughs> just do both. The tournaments don't run at do the same that, time. Yeah. Do both. 
Just get them all training together. Do both. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if she brings it home for both teams... This is it. Just bring it all home. (laughs) You know, no one else has brought it home. Worth a punt. The most qualified person alive to bring it home. Yeah. Like I said to you earlier, though, though, slightly moving on from it, but I'm just thinking about the Qatar World Cup. I just don't see the charm in the Qatar World Cup. It'd be a very England thing for the first time ever to win, to win in the fucking winter... 2022 Qatar World Cup. For mm. me, it was just... I don't know. I want to be hopeful, but I feel like English players don't adapt that well to hot countries in general. I just don't see it going very well. Like, a lot of games in quite a short period of time. In the middle I think it just season. suits kind of South American teams better. They usually win the hot ones. And that's the end of their calendar season as well, isn't it? So Although, how hot is Qatar in December? I don't know. Well, this probably is hot compared to England. That's why they're hosting it then, because it's, it, would, it would have been too hot in the summer. Just <laughs> it, would, it would have been illegal. <laughs> <laughs> just raises the question of like, who was thinking through this whole thing? <laughs> I wonder who it was. Maybe someone who just received a large amount of yeah, money. Yeah, so maybe that's how it works over at FIFA. The mind boggles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's a good place to stop. We're going to go for a quick break and come back. Community Shield. Oh, yes. And we're back <laughs> from that definitely realistic break. <laughs> <laughs> Community Shield. I'm biased here, but I enjoyed it immensely. Oh, yeah. I mean, any game against City and Liverpool in this day and age is a treat for the eyes. They don't disappoint, do they? A lot of big games do, but these tend to always be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Community Shield's always got a bit of a bad rep as a glorified friendly. It's only a friendly if you lose it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's silverware, silverware, silverware. And it's a good little season starter, isn't it? Like, it whets the appetite for what's about to happen. 100%, yeah. 100%. So, I'm very pleased from my you know, Liverpool-leaning view. On to the actual match. What do you think about Haaland? A lot of hype, a lot of excitement. A lot of hype. Didn't really get going. Didn't really, but I'm going to put it down to growing pains. I think there was plenty of positives to be seen from Haaland and his movements, especially those direct runs through the middle, which I don't think the City team's really seen in in the last two seasons. I'd agree with that. I feel like City want to walk the ball, you know, to the byline and cut it back, basically. That's their trademark goal. Yeah. And yes, he can score that, but... They don't really score goals where they're kind of running off the last man and kind of running through to finish as much. They like to work it around a lot more and just dominate you, basically. Yeah, and that's what I think maybe was the issue, is that, and maybe why he's been brought in, is, you know, he adds another element, another dimension to that attack. But the City players need to get out of that mindset, maybe look for the easy, direct, not easy, but the direct ball, as opposed to going around the side and working in little triangles. Agreed. All I'm going to say is Walsh would have found him. That is for sure. <laughs> Pinpoint walls, to be fair, yeah. yeah she would have found him all day long. KDB what was KDB doing? Lacking, mate. Get him out. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder, though, if they've tried to change too much too fast. Because, like, they've changed basically the whole front line. Kind it's been of. An interesting off-season for City. Because they've got rid of a lot of, kind yeah. of players that worked really well for them. And this is what I don't fully understand. Their team was basically perfect. Like, yeah. yes, they didn't win the Champions League, but it was it was pretty extreme what happened. 
But then there is something to be said about evolving the team always, whether you're in a winning position, losing position. True, but um, I just don't know if they needed to do that. I mean, when Barcelona were dominant, they didn't just get rid of two of their front line, you know, and then no. just change it up. Well, I think they probably could have eked out another season out of Sterling and Jesus, but, you know, there have been rumours since last winter that both were unhappy with their role at City. And, that is true. You know, I think... In Jesus's definitely, I'm an Arsenal fan by the way, guys. So, you know, <laughs> in, inbound bias for you coming in. I uh, can't speak for Sterling, but for Jesus, he's a confident player in my opinion, and I think he got a bit lost amongst the superstars at City. You know, you didn't look at City's team and immediately think of Gabriel Jesus, did you? No. Whereas you look at the Arsenal team, and you know they're all younger than him for a, for a start. Um, and I think he's the kind of guy that will shoulder that responsibility and actually get confidence from that, being like, "You're our main man." You're going to start all the games that you're fit for. And, you know, I don't think he had that issue too. I'd agree with that. I think I think his move is good. We'll get on to that. So we're not going to go into Jesus now. I'm as much very as you're, excited, you're guys. Frothing <laughs> to get into it. Let's give it, you know, that's part three, mate. Come on, don't sorry, ruin the surprise. Sorry, sorry. Jesus. Um, free form, free form. But yeah, here's our first true hot take. I don't think it's a hot take, but... Some people might, so we're going to call these our hot takes. Is Grealish overrated? I think maybe yes. I think they might have made a mistake making him their kind of main man on the left. I think Sterling's a better player. I think Foden's definitely a better player with a much higher ceiling. And even Jesus, you know, he was pretty good, pretty productive. And he could definitely be a left winger. (laughs) If you can't see Jesus cutting off that left wing and scoring goals, then I just don't know. But, you know, did he want to play there? I don't know. Definitely didn't want to play on the right, but he did it. <laughs> and he nailed it. True, true. So, yeah, I think this may be an issue for them, is that they've put a lot of their eggs in Grealish's basket, and I just don't know if he's the right player for City. I don't think he's tactically that smart. I don't think he necessarily fits. I think he just is a flair guy, you know? He just wants to run, take people on, but maybe he's not a system player. Yeah, I think you could probably class him as a bit of a maverick. And that doesn't sound very Pep Guardiola. No, no. I understand that, but are you basing that hot take on his performance in giving you shield last season? Just the, the body of work so far. The body of work, so okay, fair. I mean, for 100 mil, you're expecting more than what? Three so, goals, three assists in the Prem? Pretty bad. I agree broadly with what you just said, but I do think there are a couple caveats to the whole thing. Firstly, it's a known thing. Second season City players tend to outperform their first season by, you know, a major bit. And I think you look at Cancelo, maybe not Ruben Diaz. He came in and actually did phenomenally well. Um, but maybe Bernardo Silva wasn't that great in his first season. Um, Rodri was nowhere near as effective as he was as last season, for example. So I think, it, especially with Pep's tactics, it definitely takes time. However what you did touch on, can Grealish ever grasp those tactics or will he be able to actually grasp them? That remains to be seen. You know, he is Jack the Lad. He is definitely a Jack the you Lad. You wouldn't put them two in the same room, Pep and Jack. No, I think their dinners would be very quiet. Yeah, I don't think they'd have a lot of common ground. I don't think they're going into politics no. and talking about that. But another caveat to it, and why did they spend the 100 mil on him? I think a lot of it is down to the homegrown quota that they failed to fulfil. 100%. Has to be, isn't it? There's not many good English players that are good enough for City, and I'm not sure he's one of them still. But why do you think they pushed for Kane so hard? Exactly, Kane is an exception. Kane would have definitely been good enough. And one under the radar that people didn't understand at the time, but basing on the homegrown argument, Nathan Ake. 
That is a that is a rogue one, but he does he does tick that box again. Not good. I I think if if they weren't homegrown, right, I don't he? think they would have joined City. Is the reality? No, no, and also I don't think they would have paid hundred mil for for Grealish, but that was the price quoted. That was his buyout. I think he had at least three years left in his contract or two years. Where, yeah, you know. it was good for me for him, and it was interesting. But yeah, not totally convinced. I've got some stats. I'm going to read you some stats. <laughs> Because I'd never make a hot take based sure. on just vibes. Come on. Based on data. Sterling, last season, 13 goals, 5 assists in 23 starts. Foden, 9 goals, 5 assists in 24 starts. Jesus, 8 goals, 8 assists in 21 starts. Pretty decent numbers. Grealish, 3 goals, 3 assists in 22 starts. So if you compare him and Sterling, basically the same number of starts. Quite far apart. Ten goal difference. And this is what I was saying. I think they may have made a mistake getting rid of Sterling. I know he wanted to go, but I feel like that could have been an error. Yeah, but then I guess Sterling didn't really have much of a choice. He wanted to go. He wasn't happy. City have that policy of allowing players to go if they don't want to be there. And I think, you know, he's done more than enough for City to warrant a move. I think it's just the way it worked out. I don't think it's mismanagement. I don't think there's any sour grapes. I think, you know, it just changes. And City aren't the kind of people just to hold on to things for the sake of it. As we found out this summer, they've sold to, like, direct rivals. It's quite a strange off-season for them. What direct rival? <laughs> All right. I sold this for them before. Might be so angry. <laughs> um, and it's an interesting one as well, because obviously with the season's starting earlier this year, but we've still got a month left of the transfer window. I think they're probably just going to see how the beginning of the season goes and if it looks like so? they're lacking. You they think they might look definitely. to add another another forward? Nah, no, left back. Ah, yeah. That's very true. Another forward. They don't need another forward. I'm not even sure who their left back is anymore. Cancelo. Oh, they're all right. Is he? I swear he's like a right back though, isn't he? Yeah, but he's he's just in everything. Yeah, he's just... He's unbelievable. He's unreal. Cancelo. Just to go off on the tangent, he is so good. He's not going to cut all the way down like the the wing and like drop a quarter. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> drop across. There you go. First fumble of the pod. There we go. It, I think we had a good run there. We had a good run. We had a good yeah, run. he is. He is an absolute baller. Total footballer. He's just not really left back, but he is a left back. Slash yeah, fullback. I mean he's playing one way or another, so I guess it's not a major issue. But they probably should get a left. Is it, if he goes out, obviously Mendy. Let's not talk about Mendy. So they are definitely you know, down on the left back. Ake could feel that he's left footed, but who, who would want that? He's just not he's just not the Who would want that? No one would want that. And Cucurella makes sense. Like Yeah. It makes sense. Um interesting developments there with Cucurella though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Brighton on fifty, Man City only off a forty. I don't understand why they wouldn't just do the fifty. That's their price. They only buy fullbacks for 50 mil. I know. So I don't really understand why they've suddenly drawn a line. This is why I'm saying it's weird off-season, because for the first time ever, in my memory of City, since they obviously got all the money, this is the first time they're actually kind of acting restrained. But they also made quite a lot of money. That's what I mean. They've balanced the books massively. So I, I didn't get it. You know, Haaland was essentially funded by, by Jesus. Is there something going on with financial fair play? Have they finally been caught? I think... Or they're just trying to remove the heat. They're trying to remove the heat because obviously there's been a lot of stuff that's come out in the woodwork about their dodgy financing and accounting. 
Um, and didn't they get let off the Champions League just because it was so far in the past, not because they didn't? Have yes, to exactly. So they were so. let off. They were found guilty, but it was over. I think like ten years ago because they just dragged their heels until yeah. they got over it. Yeah. So, so it was a technicality that actually got yeah. them off the hook. Exactly. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me that they're trying to improve their image. You know, they are Champions League finalists now. They are, you know, their their profile's grown massively. You would you would you would call them one of the biggest clubs in the world now. Yeah, yes. I hate to say it. In, yeah, in some ways, I think they'll get there for sure. They're definitely well on their yeah. way. And, you know, credit to City, I get it, it pains me to say it, I actually think they're quite a well-run club. They are. They yeah. are. They are. They are an extremely well-run club. There's um, not a lot to dislike, apart from the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they're trying to you know, mitigate that side of it, aren't they? By yeah. these sensible transfers. And you are right. Buying another fullback for 50 mil every summer is not a great look. No, no, but then also this summer they've earned it because, like you say, they've they've sold a lot of players. They're yeah. definitely in the green. Cucurella, I feel like it makes sense. I feel like Brighton. I feel like Pep has a soft spot for Brighton. They play the same football. He always trashes them, and then bigs them up when he's beat them six 0 But the players, are, I feel like they're quite transferable. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think he trusts what Potter's doing with those players. Exactly. Um, and Cucurella, S- it just makes sense. Sensible transfer. Sensible, sensible transfer. But not going to happen for some reason. Strange, unless they're just you know thinking that they can drag it out. But obviously Chelsea have got involved now. That doesn't make sense to me either. We'll go on to Chelsea later. Guys. Yeah, we'll go on to Chelsea. That That's the whole another. story in itself. Where do we even begin? <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Goodness me. Right, let's get on to Liverpool. Enough of that city. Come on now. Yeah, right, let's right. talk about the winners. And how good did they look? They looked great. They did look good. And you know what? A lot of hype. Every, I think everyone subconsciously was expecting City to win. Yeah. You know, Haaland plus City yeah. equals global domination. You know, Liverpool, yes, they've signed Nunes. Doesn't have the same profile and no. he was getting a bit roasted during pre-season. Rightfully so. Those videos were not kind. But he did it when it mattered. Yeah. His impact off the bench was... I think it was the right decision not to start him. Yeah. This is one advantage I think Liverpool had was that we just started the game with a team that knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Nunes came off the bench. He was like, he was like a wild animal, basically. Just chasing yeah. everything down. Yeah, he looked good to be fair. He looked good. He made an impact. He won the penalty. Yeah. That header was definitely going wide. Definitely. So, pretty generous, but pretty happy. Well, I saw a lot of, like, I guess there were City fans, wherever they are in the world, but um, they were really complaining about it. But it's a handball. I mean, it's not that contentious. His hand is very much up yeah, and blocking the shot. There's no denying it hits his hand. And, you know, it's a shot on goal. Whether it's going in or not, it's kind of irrelevant. We never got to that point because your hand blocked it. So, yeah. You know, it, the way I view those contentious decisions is if, if that was, for example, my team Arsenal, and that you know was give, wasn't given against me, I'd be fuming. You'd you'd have had the right tantrum. Yeah, of course, because it was an absolute penalty. So, very know. true, very true, and of course, Mo Salah doesn't miss pens. His record is really one. good. He looked very sharp, didn't he? He looked really good. He looked refreshed. He looked calm. He looked happy, which we couldn't always say in the second half of last season. I think he was very worn out. I think the contract was hanging over him, and. I think, yeah, it's just so good that he's had a rest. The contract is sorted. He got the money. Not as much as he wanted, but he got the money. (laughs) And Salah stays. And he's definitely going to win the Golden Boot again. That's not a hot take. That is a cold take. Because he always wins the Golden Boot. Did he win it last season? He drew it, didn't he? Yeah, he drew it. Son deserved it, but... Yeah, it's just annoying. He's just relentless, that guy. And it is strange because you think he would tail off because he's getting doubled up or tripled up on, but he just finds a way. 
It's undeniable. At the end of the day, he got an assist for the first goal. He scored the second pen. And it was his ball in that did the head down for Robertson, who then... It was a really nice goal. Really nice move, actually. Yeah. No, but it all, it all starts with Salah, really. Yeah, you know, it usually does, moment. to be fair. And you know, he was up against Cancelo. Cancelo had the had a shock at Arsenal. He got sent, sent to the shot in the first minute, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the City players seemed a bit off it. They they, they weren't as intense. I th- maybe they got worn out towards the end. I'm not really mm. sure. They didn't seem to like Nunes very much. Weren't sure what to do about him. He was making some intelligent runs too. You know, I gave credit to Haaland, but I think maybe Nunes did some better runs, to be honest. Yeah, and he found his finishing boots. Or his finishing what he was doing head. as well as he would, you know, he would see the balls because he was progressing upfield, but he would always check where his teammates were. And whatever position they were in, he would make the counter run. Just so every time he was stretching the defence. Yeah. For his goal, you'll see. see him. Carvalho draws Ruben Diaz towards Salah, makes the run in the near post. But then he clips over the top to Robertson and Nunes has run in between them into the gap. It was a lovely fluid goal. Yeah. And if yeah, if you break it down to sections, the movement is really impressive. This Especially at that, you know, at that like, point in the match as you well. You could say it was a scrappy header. It was a great goal, don't get me wrong. You know, he'd done well to get that header in. But... It was the build-up and the movement to get himself in that position to score that no one really gives anyone credit for. And I think maybe that's what he's going to bring to that front line, a real striker's instincts and making those runs. I think so. I mean, City and Liverpool have basically gone the same way. They've just gone for an out-and-out striker after having all these lovely, intricate players who don't necessarily score as many goals. They seem to have gone a bit more traditional. Maybe it's the return of the centre-forward. Of the big man up front. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Carroll, mate, he came in the wrong era. <laughs> too early for the, the old period and too late for this uh, one. Just stuck in the middle. Like, uh, purgatory. <laughs> Poor bloke. <laughs> but no, it's true. There's been so much focus on these kind of wingers slash forwards now. It'd be nice to see the big man up front returning. Yeah, I'm all for it. If he can be, you know, close to as good as Firmino after, you know, some coaching and learning from Firmino in terms of the build-up and stuff, but be more clinical in front of goal. Or a tall winner for sure. See, I, I think he is clinical. I don't think he's pretty, but I think he's clinical. He scored a lot of goals last season. He scored, you know, against Liverpool. They were good goals. I I commented when we watched the Champions League final. I was like, I wouldn't mind us signing him. Didn't love the price, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> but I always thought he seems like the kind of profile player we might get. Like he works really hard. He's good at finishing, and. He's of a good age where he can be moulded and improved, yeah, like Jota, improved imme- immeasurably within a year. Absolute tank as well. So, looking good. I was not sure about him, but now I'm on the bandwagon. I think, I think it's hard as well, because you know, in this day and age, if you, if you fuck up or you mess up, you're gonna, especially in his position where he's a massive profile, um, you know, everyone's gunning for him. Agreed. But these young players, I guarantee you, all of them on social media watching the same memes, the same clips as we are this is that it. must get in your psyche I did feel like he reacted to it a little bit some of the some of the flack but I think he's answered those critics he's, well, he's pushed it down down the road a couple of weeks until the next the next miss or heavy touch yeah he's just going to be a bit careful if I was a footballer I'd stay offline but also got to build a brand mate got to build a brand <laughs> <laughs> do you think um, Liverpool fans have taken him with open arms do you think he could be a cult hero for you I think he's done himself no harm. I mean, his celebration, top off, Chloe Kelly style. Yeah. That endeared him to me immensely, just watching it. I was like, look at that passion. Yeah, <laughs> look at that physique. Jesus yeah. Christ. And I think as long as he plays well and he tries hard, I don't think anyone's going to care. He doesn't have to get more goals than Salah. Salah's the main man, right? No. Salah's yeah. going to get the yeah, most yeah, goals. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's always been like that with Liverpool, though, isn't it? It's not really about 
the individual. Exactly. But as long as he works hard and he doesn't have any tantrums and he does, you know, reasonably well, I think he'll be fine. He's got plenty of time. So I was reading an in-depth article with him on The Athletic. Plug. And, um, plug. <laughs> buy us. Buy us. Buy us now. <laughs> um, and he actually suffered an ACL when he was 17. Really? And uh, it, 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 it affected him. Now, something like his patella grew back, so I think that's your kneecap. Mm. Grew back, like, way more than it should have. So every time he'd play, he'd have this, like, scraping pain in his knee. Oh, dear. Um, to the point where I think he played one game for his Uruguayan team in, in, like, 18 months. So to come back from that, and then move to Almeria, smash it in League, League of Two, and then get that move to Benfica, all before he 23, and now 80 mil signing. It's Shows some it. character, yeah, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. You know, so I don't, I don't really worry about him mentally, if I'm honest. It does show that he can step up, because he seems to have gone to sort of bigger clubs each time. Taking a season to kind of get his footing and then just smash it the next season. So, mm. signs look good. Signs no. look good, and he just looks like he's going to fit Liverpool style of play annoyingly. They've done it again. They've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> We're due a flop, but maybe everyone's going to have to wait one more year. Oh, come on, Ramsey. You never know. I don't think you can be a flop if you cost four mil. No. So, you know, in two years we'll turn around 15 mil. Let's make it rule. If you're 18, you can't be a flop on this podcast anyway. No, that is true. That's a good, that's a good rule. Yeah, yeah. We'll have that as a house rule. At what age can you be a flop? It's a good, good point, actually. Maybe a discussion for another day. What are the kind of characteristics of a flop? I guess 25 plus, established player. Okay, it's like Sebastian Haller at West Ham. That was a flop, for sure. But not a bad player. But not a bad player. Just... So is he a flop? He was a flop at West Ham, but yeah. he's not a flop anymore. No. Which is interesting, isn't it? Also, our best wishes to Halle. Of course. Yes. Horrible news, especially after his move to Russia Dortmund. Though. Yeah, that's Back really unfortunate. Really for him. And yeah, we hope he gets well soon and makes a full recovery. Yeah, starts banging the goals again. Which he definitely will. Definitely will. So, final, final question before we move on. Or maybe take another break, which are definitely real breaks. City now worse than last season. Because On paper, yes. Right? But like I said, they've got a month left of that transfer window. My thoughts are their team was basically perfect last season. Like, there was a fluidity to that like front six where they basically were interchangeable. Sometimes De Bruyne was a false nine, which made no sense, but it made perfect sense. You know, yeah, they yeah. were all interchangeable. Bernardo Silva was just like channeling Messi at some point. <laughs> like, he was just invented. Yeah. He's a little wizard. And maybe now introducing Haaland disrupts everything a little bit because there's one less crazy technical... It's basically just six false maybe. nines at some point. Maybe. And then, obviously, my beef with Grealish as well. <laughs> you know? He's got a tough season from you, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be proved wrong because I really like Grealish, but I'm just not sure he's a City player. Yeah. He's more, they... more of a Man United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer player. You know, give him the ball, do something, yeah, make yeah, it do. Yeah. I mean, on paper, I think they are worse because they've sold Zinchenko as an amazing utility player for any squad. Oh, here we go. The bias views begin. <laughs> when, when I'm covering Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe they are weaker, but I mean, you can't say anyone who's brought Erling Haaland can be a weaker squad. No, but I think they were so close to perfection. When you change a few things, there's very little room to improve. 
Don't forget they had a shoddy start last year as well. They did. They do always win their last 14 games, basically. Yeah. So They'll find their greed. And all I, I hope is we can build up enough points before February yeah. when they just decide this is it. I get the point of evolving your team though, every year, regardless of you know how good the, the previous season was. It's, it's something that's tried and tested in football and more often than not it's proved to be the right decision. Yes. You know, just how not always in the short it. term. Maybe not. Maybe football's changed, you know, but I think if there was unhappy players in that city camp, you know what Guardiola thinks about sad faces. Then, <laughs> 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 um, you know, it makes sense, doesn't it, to get rid of them. And what about Liverpool? What do you think? Because I'm, I'm biased, but I think, I think, I'm trying to be not biased, I think Liverpool could be slightly worse because I think Mane was, mm. I mean, Mane was exceptional in the second half of the season. Salah wasn't that good in the second half of the season. So maybe maybe there was some sort of dynamic between the two of them. Maybe Salah will be a little more rejuvenated. Nunes seems pretty good. Diaz looks fun. Not sure he'll have the same output as Mane, but he adds something. He adds a bit of that. Spice. What's the word? Unpredictability. So yeah. Awesome. So... <laughs> Oh, God. And also, let's not forget, I think Fabio Carvalho is a real talent. It's hard to say, isn't it? And I think he'll have a, a big involvement from the bench. I'm glad you said it, because that is, that is me being very biased with my Liverpool hat. Oh, he's a super exciting talent. Couple of Harvey Elliott. Yeah, at some point, Fulham need to, you know, lock us down and stop this, but I'm yeah, all for it. Just squeeze that Liverpool B team. Yeah. Yeah, Liverpool is a weird one. I guarantee you'll be in top two. My only concern if I were, if I were Liverpool going into the season is they played an extraordinary amount of games last season. Yes. And some crushing disappointments, regardless of how good their season was. It's crazy that you can call their season a bit disappointing, but it's just the way it panned out. It's the general feeling, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, of all the trophies that we were in, we won the two that were probably the, the least important. Yeah, still great, because we never win the Cup, so no, that's nice. Say, when's the last time you had a little domestic haul like that? Long time. I remember City dominated the Carabao Cup for ages and dominated everything else, so it all starts with the Carabao. Yeah, so that was good. And it could have been a lot worse because they're both run on penalties, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really strange one for Liverpool. It's, it's almost like, I think people just expect them to be near the top, but... Yeah, but I think last season, people... I, I remember people saying Chelsea were going to be in amongst it. They were going to be number two. Oh, they tailed off after February, didn't they? Exactly. So, uh, no, I think Liverpool's style of football means that they, because it's the Premier League as well, it's so fast paced, they will just accrue more points than the rest of us. Yeah, I it's agree. Just whether they'll be as flawless as City, but then, you know, will City be flawless? Like we've, like we've said, you know, it's a strange season for them off season anyway. So it's a really interesting one, but I can guarantee you one of them is going to be winning it. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think we can pretty much guarantee yeah. that. Yeah, really. I don't think you'll get very good returns on that bet. That's no. for sure. I don't think anyone's going to crash in that top two party at the moment. But then, you know, as the community shield show, they are the best footballing teams to watch yeah. in the world at the moment. Yeah, and I think, so. yeah, top three, along with Real Madrid. I don't think you can argue against that currently. Mm. So, mm. pretty cool. Yes, good time to be a Liverpool fan. Yes, long may it continue, but I've seen some bad eras, so yeah. I'll take it. You've done your time. Yeah, I remember Voronin very well. No. You could tell he was bad as soon as he came in. Andre Borelli. Great haircut. Double though. denim, ponytail. Poor he looks Dirk Cow. <laughs> <laughs> Very poor man's Dirk Cow. That's a disservice to Dirk Cow. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. 
Okay, cool. Let's take another break. And then when we're back, hot takes, any other business, probably do a bit of Arsenal if we have time. Probably, yes, probably just cut that bit out, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> what the people are here for. Again, cool. this has gone longer than I was expecting it to. To be fair, I think we're doing well. Oh yeah! It turns out we've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I wonder if we'll have anything to talk about next time we do this. <laughs> <laughs> we might have front loaded yeah. this series the a little bit. In six months. Yeah, <laughs> we need more content. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so I think as part of our part of our podcast, what we're going to try and do is give you a couple of hot takes every week. Um, I know the word hot takes immediately makes you think that these are going to be totally mental and irrational. We're going to try and provide some justification to these, um, but they're still going to be pretty hot. So, hot take number one. See what you think about this, Hugh. Julian Alvarez will get more goals in all competitions than Haaland this season. So, hit wait, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, hear me out. My thinking is, he's, he's a crazy goal scorer. He scored, I think he scored five goals in one game for River Plate. And, you know, when he came on, he looked very, very good, actually. Very dangerous. And I can definitely see a scenario where he gets a lot of minutes off the bench, you know, when City are already 3-0 up. Mm. Gets the fourth or the fifth. I can see Haaland spending some time, you know, injured as well because he has had quite a lot of injury problems. And adjusting to the Prem might mean Alvarez gets more minutes than planned. I can also see him just absolutely smashing, you know, the Carabao and FA Cup sort of lower rounds. I can see him getting like 15 goals to 20 goals and you never know. Haaland might take a bit of time to get going. Mm. So that, that is my hot take. It's not as hot as it appears and I'll tell you why. Because Yerry Mina at Everton might just smash into Haaland in his second game and put him out for six months. It could happen, couldn't it? It could easily happen. You know, if I'm a defender and you've got Erling coming up, how do I get this guy out of the game? Smash him. Exactly. You know. So it could happen. I think if Erling stays fit, no-brainer. But that being said, Julian Alvarez, just due to City's rotation policy, will get a good number of games this season. Exactly. And as we proved, getting like 20, 20 starts can easily get you like 13, 14 goals. And there is something to be said, as you say, about the hype train that Erling has got, whereas yeah. Julian's kind of gone under the radar because there's no expectation at this point. Exactly. Um, and he almost fits the style of player that works for them better, you know? Yeah, he's like a false nine, but he's actually a, he's actually a centre-forward. Exactly. Yeah. So, not totally outrageous. Not totally outrageous, but I think, you know, as a Liverpool fan, you're just subconsciously praying. I mean, I'll be honest. Smash it this year. That would be ideal, but, I mean, if, if Alvarez just steps in and gets as many goals, not more, that's not exactly helping the cause. Here's a hot take on that. Gabriel Jesus will score more goals than Julian Alvarez and Haaland combined. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to put that in the... Uh, that's what, worth a bet. <laughs> that's going to go on the cutting room floor, that bit. <laughs> I don't think we need to debate that any further. Okay, hot take number two. We're just going to ignore that. That is... Wow, that's how this goes. See how this is. These are supposed to be realistic hot takes. No, oh, stop it. <laughs> Gerard will be the first manager to be sacked. I really fear for Lampard. I mean, that is obvious, but that's not a hot take no. because that's obvious. He might even be the favourite, realistically. 
But the reason I think Gerard might be the first manager to be sacked is that he spent a lot of cash in January. A lot of cash, surprisingly. Villa, Villa are quite rich now. He's bought Coutinho. He's got um, Kamara from Marseille, who looks very good. He's got Diego Carlos, a man who's been linked with many clubs. Arguably, you know, more European football tilting than Aston Villa. But yeah, like Villa, they got rid of Dean Smith. Like after what, maybe like five games without a win? And everyone was pretty pro-Dean Smith at the time. It was a very popular decision. And you could see them getting a bit angsty if Villa were struggling, you know, after a few months and they're in like the bottom five. I don't know. I can see it. I don't think he had a great end to the season. You know, he yeah, kind of got under the, the under the radar. Yeah, they got spanked game after game towards the end of the season. Yeah, like they were dropping. And over a whole season, I'd be worried about them. I just think there's more teams in danger than a Villa this year. I just can't get my head past that. Yeah, not saying relegated though. I'm just saying they might get, they might get a bit No, nasty. yeah, that's true. I mean, I think anything below top 10 is a probably a failure for Aston Villa at this point. I agree with that. Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure on Gerard to really turn it on this season. But, first full pre-season under his belt. Yeah. And he loves a high-intensity physical game, so maybe he can get them up to speed. But, you know, like you say, they've invested in players that he clearly wants. Like, Coutinho was definitely pushed by Gerard. Yeah. Um, there so is more pressure he now. He is, de- yeah, he's definitely like, this is the season to make a break. And yeah. If they get off to a bad start, a lot of pressure on, on Stevie G. Exactly. And be, I think it'll be the first time that he's under, you know, real scrutiny and pressure, you know, now. He was just smashing at Rangers. He had so much goodwill in the bank. But so. he, did a, he did a good job at Rangers. Well, exactly. He built that up. He broke, he broke the monopoly. He's still got a lot more to prove and he spent a lot more money already, so... We will see. But then I do feel Villa is probably more of a project club. I think these guys... I hate to use the term trust the process again, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like that owners will give him more time than they did Dean Smith because this is their man. This is true. This is true. true. But yeah, that's 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 more of a hot take. Brendan's more in trouble. Brendan is definitely in trouble because yeah, they had an equally bad season last season as Villa. Maybe worse considering how lofty they were before. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think unfortunately as well because Leicester have had such a nice couple of years. Mm. Anything. You know, reverting more to the mean, I guess, feels like a massive drop-off. Massive drop-off, And yeah. there's no way to maintain it, but he's just in the hot seat at the wrong time, basically. What I will say is, watching him closely at Liverpool, I don't think he's ever managed to turn around things when they get bad. Yeah. He couldn't do it at Liverpool. He really struggled with it, and then eventually, you know, got chopped. I don't know if he's got it in him to turn things around. I think he's a very good vibes manager, and he can create amazing teams, but once they start to, you know... Struggle. I don't think he can turn it around or change things up. I just, I, I'm not I'm sure. Worry because they were still relying on Vardy. They're still relying on Vardy. Yes. Um, Ian to his credit, has been pretty good. Um, as that team ages, and you know, let's say for Fana does move to Chelsea this summer for that ridiculous ninety mil that's been quoted. <laughs> I can't like I just I can't yeah. see building a squad that of the same level. Let's say Tielemann leaves as well. I just can't see him building a squad to the same level. No, they can only... It's, it's kind of like with Southampton a while back. They kept buying unreal players and selling them for loads of money. Yeah. But eventually... Your luck runs out. You stop buying unreal players. And yeah. then it can kind of spiral quite, quite quickly. I think especially when you are those kind of... Not to be offensive, but like mid-tier, mid-league clubs. You know, clubs that can't attract players of a certain profile that say the top six can. Yeah, they have to work a little bit harder yeah. to find people, you know... Uncut gems. Exactly. And then polish them, make some tidy profits, get a few more in, and slowly build like that. 
I'd definitely be worried about Brendan. Yeah, because yeah, they what they finished fifteenth I think last season. What? Yeah, but pff, let me check that. Oh, it's positive, mate. They came like fifteenth. Like they really Surely dropped. Surely not. I think it got to the point where people were like, they've just written it off. Do you know what I mean? No, that that doesn't feel right because I'm pretty sure Leeds were like fifteenth at the end. They were sixteenth. There's no way Leicester were next to Leeds. Oh, let's see how wrong I was. <laughs> Eighth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! I promise we'll we'll you know do more research moving oh, forward. It's so poor. Oh, take it all back. I don't think Brendan's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know we'll just forget that bit. We'll just cut that bit as well. <laughs> oh dear! It's fucking good. Oh dearie me! Leicester fans, oh, I apologise. <laughs> oh, I've got that horribly wrong. It's just because I hate you. You're our bogey team. You're our bogey team, guys. I want to see Brendan come. <laughs> Oh dear. Dear me. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions for you. Discussion points. Best transfer of the summer so far. Gabriel Jesus. That was so predictable. But you know what? Not even that biased. Because no. he's definitely he was in my thinking too. I think he's an amazing signing for us. I think Edu's done an amazing job to get him to sign. I think from from his interview that he did a couple of weeks ago. You know, the groundwork that he put in on Gabriel Jesus and his representatives since the beginning of the year. It also really? just goes to show the amount of planning to get... It's not as simple as, like, call up a club, I want a science player. Tickety-boo. Yeah. But apparently we did a presentation, we showed Gabriel Jesus stats that he wasn't aware of and why he's going to be the perfect fit for our club and how he can take us forward. That's reassuring. Met with all of his family and, you know, outline a vision. I think he said something... There's one line that convinced Jesus was like, you know, like the Jesus I saw last season, um, you know, isn't the Jesus I know. He needs to come in and have a smile on your face again. And there is one thing, like, let's, let's be honest, like, I haven't really watched him loads since before he joined Arsenal. But he does look like he's enjoying it. Yeah, he, he he's always looked quite concerned at City. And I think that is kind of his natural face. Yeah, he's got and that face. Natural face is like but trepidation. Oh, right. Maybe a change of scenery will kind of revitalise him. Because he came in and he was really good. And there's no doubt he's a good player. He, he just got, got a bit lost, injury. didn't he? No, he got a naughty injury on his like second game or third game for City. And obviously in that time Aguero then took over and it became a lot harder once he came back to regain his place. Mm. And this is what I meant earlier when I said that I think he got lost amongst the superstars at City. Yeah. I you think know. it's easily done though. He's, there's no reflection on any player at City. It's just, it's City. Whereas at Arsenal, like, I can really see, like, even the fans, you know, looking at him, like everyone's excited when he touches the ball. You know, like he's straight to number nine. He's leading the line. Yeah. And on top of that, you've got an amazing Portuguese-speaking contingent, which I'm sure is a tactical decision for Medi. You know, we've brought Fabio Vieira, Portuguese. You've got Cedric, you've got Gabriel, you've got Martinelli. Now you've got Jesus. Um, and I think that camaraderie will just help him settle really easily into the squad. And also, I think moving from Manchester to London, if you're a Brazilian, is probably a really fun move person anyway. These are all really good points, and I didn't know the depth that the Arsenal team actually went through to get him. Sounds really promising. It's, it's far removed from the kind of Arsenal of a few years ago where they would just buy anyone from that. Well, yeah. Who was that agent? Oh, what was his name? Gia Corruption? Yeah. Yeah, with yeah. Um, Don Roll. Yeah, Don. Yeah. <laughs> so you've come a long way since then if you were actually thinking about it. And not just seeing what, you know, the supermarket's got to offer. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a definite change in direction. And I think that's all started from Eddie. 
But I agree with you. I think it was a really good signing. Good price as well. I know 45 it's mil. I mean, for 150 Premier appearances, 58 goals, something like that. I mean, pff, take it, Harvey. Yeah, especially like some of the strikers you've had recently. He should tick a lot of boxes for you, and I agree. He's quite similar to Lacquer, but he's way more mobile, faster, I'd even say stronger, and better touch. And he's obviously scored a few goals in yeah. pre-season. That's got everyone very excited. Arsenal fans are wet for him. And they are not irrational. They do not <laughs> They do not submit to hyperbole at all. Maybe the most sensible fan base in the, in the world of football. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm sure we can trust your opinion on Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's be fair. Well, who's my, who would I say is the best signing outside of Arsenal? So one that I think is very exciting is Sven Botman for yes. Newcastle. I feel like he should have joined, no disrespect, but he could have joined like a Champions League club. I could totally see him joining, because he was linked to AC Milan, see him joining Inter Milan mm-hmm. or, you know, other big clubs like that. I mean, arguably, like Chelsea needs a centre-back. They could do a lot worse than someone like him. Yeah. Arsenal wanted a centre-back, but then you brought Saliba back from purgatory, so that made sense. What Spurs wanted a centre-back. I feel like... It's quite a coup for Newcastle. I know that they're in a weird place and they no one really knows where they fit anymore. But I feel like it's a really good signing and they chased him for a long time. I think he's going to be a massive difference because who's that huge guy that they bought in January? Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne. Great Dan guy. Burn. Surpassed all expectations. Yeah. But Sven Bobman's going to take them up a level, basically. I think he's just, a, he can play off from the back, which is so, so critical these days, isn't it? Like, long ball lump is... Especially where Newcastle want to be. Yeah. The new players of Sven Botman's. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Calibre. alongside Dan Byrne, you've got kind of best of both, the classic combo, you know? I think with Newcastle now, like, defence-wise, they're probably sorted. Kieran Trippier. Yeah. Dan Byrne, Sven Botman. And they were really good in the second half of the season. I think they were, like, yeah. top three most informed teams. And if they get Madison, Big that's if. a huge sign if they get Madison. Because they, they do need someone else up front. Yeah, unfortunately. As much as I like Almiron, and he reminds me of uh, the movie Goal, they need someone who actually produces numbers. You know, Callum Wilson's been stretched too thin. You can't rely on Callum Wilson for the whole season. Everyone knows that. No, exactly. The guy's got wee legs. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm excited by him. I feel like Sven Botman could have joined a Champions League club, and it's quite a coup. Good price as well. So Good price. How do you think Newcastle will do this season? I honestly feel like they'll be in top seven. Yeah. Top I don't seven, know. I don't know if they'll no. crack top six. I think top seven is hot take. That <laughs> they were really no good. No disrespect, Geordies. They they were really good in the second half of the season. They were surprisingly good, surprisingly resilient as well. And they so bought they bought they... a few good players. They're not going mental, which everyone thought they would. You know, they haven't tried to buy like any Rubinho style players. They haven't tried to buy Neymar, for example. No, I I I'm really, you know, I know they're kind the, of doing it, yeah. moving five places or four places up. I rate the players that they're going for. Like the Etiquito, the one that went to PSG, would have been an amazing signing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the profile player they're going for is correct for what they want to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got one more big one in them, you know. Matters. Madison. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think top seven's unreasonable. I think they'll be there just top contesting seven. with like Leicester, West Ham. Yeah. In that mix. Wow. Knocking on the glass ceiling. I can't say I agree with that, but Let's see. Let's see. Do you know where they came to the table last season? Do not. Fifteenth. <laughs> <laughs> they actually they did really well considering when Eddie Howe took over. They've done so well. Yeah, big question marks about him, but he was actually he smashed it. Given the players he needs, he'll he could get them top ten. Yeah, and he deserves it because I think he's a good football manager. 
Mate, top seven. You heard it here first. Well, no European football. One we, game a week. We're going to revisit that at the final game week. And see, <laughs> see how well it is. Yeah, when they're 15th. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make me sad. <laughs> so, okay. Biggest flop signing this summer. So, I've gone with Sterling. Is that just bias? Or Lissandro Martinez. I couldn't decide. I also wrote Koulibaly, but I've decided to not, to not go with Koulibaly anymore. That's not... Let's not trigger the Man United fan. Exactly. I'm going to take Martinez off that list because we respect you guys. You've got enough going on already. <laughs> However, <laughs> Martinez. He's Why do you not, think he's going to be a flop? He's, he's, what, five foot nine, which is not necessarily a problem, mm. but paired with Harry Maguire, I can see some real issues there because it's almost like they complete each other, but it also means they're missing quite a lot of attributes to succeed. If you rolled them into one player and then put another player next to them, that would make sense. But I don't know. I'm not sure about it. And no offence to Man United, but they have had some bad times, you know. And bringing one player into a really toxic environment that might be on the mend now, but I think it's going to take a bit of time. I feel like he might struggle. Yeah, to touch on that, I do think Ten Hag is a disciplinarian. I do think he's going to take no shit or antics from, from the players. And I think, well, I think, you know, it's United, you don't know. But I would imagine that the board will back him more than they backed Oli or any previous manager. Because this is their man. This is the new board's man. You know, Woodward's gone, supposedly. This is um, the new fellow, what's called Arnold and, and Murto. They're the two guys kind of in charge yeah, of the football decision. That's it. And they were, you know, like, my concerns with Martinez brought in because he played for the manager but a completely different league I don't think I don't think defending is going to be the same and also Ajax are the most dominant team by a mile in that league maybe bar PSV yeah um, it's a different ball game isn't it and what's really curious about this whole Maguire's going to be his partner is where the hell is Varane going to fit in all of this that's a really good point maybe Maguire's going to get dropped I should hope so I would have thought it would be the obvious candidate but he's the captain dropped. still doesn't matter we should still drop him I'm pretty sure clubs have like a leadership group these days. Yeah, I know, but I don't know, he feels kind of undroppable despite... I mean, he was so rubbish for so long (laughs) and he still played. So I don't know, I just... I feel like it's a case of buying someone you know in a system that was totally different, bring him over, good for the dressing room, maybe not a good fit for the Premier League, you know? Maybe he can get bullied quite a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot of big boy strikers suddenly in the Prem again, you know? What's interesting about it as well is obviously Arsenal were very interested in him prior to signing Sinchenko, but they saw him as left back, mm. which is a completely different position. That feels like it makes more sense. Yeah, especially he's five foot nine. Yeah, and technical. Exactly. So that for me is a slight red flag because we were never interested in him as a centre back, and that was one of the kind of key factors. Not to shit on the whole transfer, by the way, guys. No, I mean, he could be really good and yeah. we could know nothing, which is why, you know, this is just armchair podcast. <laughs> you know, we're not experts. Yeah. We're and just throwing some hot takes around. This TV studio. That's exactly. Why in my living room. So. <laughs> and we're both wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sterling is the other one, simply because Chelsea have a curse. I don't know what they did, but whenever they buy any forward, he proceeds to not be any good. It happens with Werner. Great numbers. Just rubbish. Yeah. Sterling, I feel like there's still an element, despite all the goals that Sterling in a one-on-one, do you, you feel confident? Exactly, no, you wouldn't back him. More chance of it just going wayward. And you feel like he is a bit of a confidence player, and yeah, I don't think he's got the support at Chelsea they had at City. I think his numbers will drop. You could see it. You could totally see it. 
I think you'll struggle because Tuchel system is not really built for attacking players. No, what Tuchel plays three at the back, right? A lot of yeah. the time, so it's it's, it's totally different. System. Don't even know where he fits anymore. No, left wing, right wing, yes, left. Yeah, I do so, worry about Chelsea this season. We'll touch on that another time, but yeah, I do worry about Chelsea this season. Actually, I don't because I'm an Arsenal fan, but they they're in a weird place. They seem to be the ones who might drop the most with everyone else around them looking pretty good. I just think it's the negativity that this pre-season has brought for the whole camp. Mm. And against the backdrop of this new owner coming in and clearly not knowing how football works. In terms this of is it. I feel like he's come in with an expectation that he's done this before in other sports. He knows what to do. And yeah, he's just kind of thrown it around a bit. I'll be honest, the whole Rafinha and what was the other one? Jules Koundé. It was a very muggy situation for Chelsea. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Chelsea be hung out to dry. They've got their pants pulled down by basketball people. Yeah, they usually do the pulling. Yeah. No, it's a, you know, Abramovich and Granovsky, I'm sorry if I murdered that name. Granovskaya. Granovskaya. <sighs> you know, yeah, Lukaku was, was an awful buy. But most of the time they got it bang on. You know, they didn't mess around. If they wanted a player, they got that player. I've got one thing to say to you. Bubba Rahman. He's that still was... there. What? <laughs> He's still there. Oh my goodness. Do you know why? Because no one wants him. That was a really weird window. Again, you know, massive tangent. But that was Mourinho, was his second season or third season after he's back? Was that the drink water? Drink water. Baba Ramen. Baba Ramen. That was terrible. That was an awful transfer window for them. Potentially one of the worst. Was um, Maria there at that time? Oh yes. She was? Oh yes. Well, she's had some solid ones as well. I mean, her outgoing. She definitely got better. Good business, yeah. As we as we went forward, but yeah. But even okay, let's say the player wasn't great, but I mean, at least they were landing the players they wanted. Yeah, even if they're the. Let's right face ones. it, Roman would have got Jules Kunde over the line. He would have, he would have it sewn up in January, realistically. Yeah, even if he had to threaten Jules's family, he would. Have. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to let bankrupt Barca come in and take two players off you? It's Honestly, crazy. They don't. They can't even pay it's them. It's crazy. I can't even register. Them. Oh, I'm going to have to do a whole pod on that because that is outrageous. That. Yeah, that's a really good point. How are Barca doing this, and what the hell are they doing? Yeah, they've done it, and they haven't even been able to like confirm if they actually can register them. They're hoping that the legal will accept it. It's just crazy. How is anyone allowed to? I saw a comment and it summed up as like, if I did my finances like Barca did, someone would repossess my home. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's absolutely wild that there's the way. I mean, Spotify now, what, have the rights. Maybe Spotify will own it at I some point. That, mate. They've sold, for the next 25 years, they've sold 25% of their TV revenue. I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, before each match, there's a quick Spotify concert <laughs> in the stadium oh. from promoted artists. Or after, you know? I mean, all they're doing... And it's weird because we don't really get it because over there they have socials, they have the club president and, you know, it's more political. But what all this Laporta dude's doing is essentially just screwing the long-term future over for a short term, just for his... Just, just for his tenure. Just for his tenure, that's it's it. almost like that's what people in charge do. Yeah. They just kick it down yeah, the curve. kick it down the road, you know. the next person. He's not doing it, he's not shaving bars, sir. What political parties would do that? <sighs> the mind boggles <laughs> I'm so glad our politicians don't operate in such a way exactly long term yeah. thinking at its finest yeah so, so I've got one more wild card actually I've got two more wild cards ooh hit me I've got two things to talk about quick fire or not and then we're going to wrap up <laughs> maybe John Michel Seri do you remember him? I vaguely do do you remember? The I remember reading that he was linked with Barcelona yes he was linked with Arsenal yes. he was linked with everyone yes and he went to Fulham, yeah. which was mental. Yeah. 27 million. Christ. 
Do you know where he is now? Where? Hull. <laughs> <laughs> How's that happened? Oh, he's like... It's got to go down as one of the worst buys in the Premier League era. Mike. A free transfer to Hull. Fulham got promoted and they decided they didn't need him in the Prem. That's crazy. Didn't he do one season with Fulham and he was gashed, so he just got rid? Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? That is that is nuts. That's probably the main reason it went down that season. If you're sinking they spent what, maybe half of their transfer budget? That's mental. It's got carried away. It's unbelievable. Can't believe it's a hole. I know. thought he'd go back to France. Yeah. Where did he come from? I think he came from Nice, didn't he? Yeah, Nice was a pretty solid nice, outfit. And then three years later in Hull. <laughs> And you thought you were going Barcelona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, uh, his agent, whoever his agent is, done, done bits. For yeah. That it does happen occasionally, though. Like, I remember yeah. William Carvalho being linked with every English club for yes. about four years, and then he yeah. ended up at Stoke, I think, or something. Yes, that's right. He had, yeah. Yeah, it was Stoke, wasn't it? Yeah. There are some players that you need to not believe the press because it's just a propaganda machine. It's yeah. unreal. But, I mean, that's, I mean, credit to him. At least he's still chugging away. I mean, maybe he'll be really good at Hull, so fair play to him, but... kind of mil for a championship player. I just didn't see it coming. Brutal, to be fair. Exactly. That is, that's bad. That's top end of, like, you know, buying the best championship player, basically. They must have thought they were getting the next thing guy to come to. I mean, that's what we all thought, to be fair. I wonder if they ever realised why they had such a free run at him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is awfully easy. He's <laughs> <laughs> got overexcited, didn't yeah. they? That was Fulham, though. I mean, 27 mil side in this field. Anyone gets excited over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Watch the highlights reel. Yeah. yeah. This, this guy's a real deal. Baller. <laughs> All right, and then final point. Saliba. Is oh. he back? How excited are you? Will he go out on loan again? No, I can't speak for all the fan base, but I am so excited for this guy to come back. I think, I think he's a monster. Yes, very strange how he was loaned out for three years in a row, though. That is a weird question, Mark. Makes you wonder... What's up with him? You can only think if you're signing a dude on a five-year contract, loaning him out for three of them, it's bad business. It's really bad business. It's bad business. But at least it wasn't a four-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, what's the incentive for him to resign? <laughs> I have no idea. You know, like, it was... I mean, you're in a situation where he might play really well this season and then absolutely bend you over next summer. Oh, at this current time of us talking, that's the more likely option than he has an amazing season and stays. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. And didn't he get called up to France? He's got six caps for them, mate. Wow. Liga they un. have a lot of good centre-backs. They've got the best team ever. Liga un, young player of the season with Marseille. So really? Mbappe in his pocket. It's actually quite a coup. Oh, it's like a new signing, mate. It's it's like it's, it feels like an excitement. I was watching preseason. I was like, oh, I'm so excited by this guy. You know, he's he's quick. He's strong. He's clever. He can play out from the back. He does look like an upgrade on Ben White. He really? looks more mobile than Ben White. That's interesting. Ben White is pretty good. Yeah, but Ben White can play right back, and I really do see because what I think it will mean for Arsenal. Sorry to go into the Arsenal. There we go. I mean, you did. You you were getting for this. I deserve section. my little Arsenal card. <laughs> and for what I think is going to happen. We, we start with Ben White or Tommy Asu because they're quite similar and when we're pushing forward for example we go into a back three Zinchenko pushes forward to join the midfield mm-hmm. and then when we're on the defence then it comes back round this is very Man City or Liverpool yeah. this is very like on vogue tactics no exactly the but we've got the right players now to three. 
to really go for it. Mm. You know, and we're never going to be in a situation with Tavares and Cedric Carr out two fullbacks. Cedric was never good enough, was he? Well, Do I mean, you compared think... to Tavares, mate, Cedric is. Oh, that's a good point. It's like Philip Lahm. So Ben White is not really a fullback. He's more of a no. centre back still in this. In yeah, this. but he can, he can he could play fullback before he joined us. And Does think... he have much pace? Is he? Could he actually do a decent job of fullback? He's not going to push forward as much, like I say. I think if we're on the attack, he just moves into a front three and they all push forward. I see. Back three, sorry. I guess it removes the need to have a proper defensive midfielder to drop in. Because yeah. that's what Liverpool and City do. Like, Rodri will drop in, be the middle centre-back. Fabinho's the same in that three. Same sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I same guess it sort means of you thing. can be a bit more forward-thinking in the middle. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, if it's Zinchenko, he's excellent midfielder as well. So imagine him on the left side and Xhaka. Holding back a little bit, Zinchenko dying, Martinelli like, you know, it's it's a good it's a good little thing. I'm really excited to see how it all plays out this season. I think Arsenal have a fun team. They got an interesting yeah. team. Yeah, might might get into sort of funks of good results and bad results just because it's quite a young team. Young team expected. But I mean, top four absolute minimum. Definitely moving the right direction. And we should be winning the Europa League as well. Big call. It's going to be a lot of good teams in there. Maybe, but I think we're up there now. I think we've got a Champions League quality team again. Potentially. I think you've made good acquisitions, so I don't see why not. It's just how good everyone else is. Mm. I think Tottenham are looking good. Much better. Yeah, a bit of a worry that. And Chelsea are Chelsea, despite all the negativity. Their squad is still pretty unreal. I can see Chelsea grounding out a lot of 1-0 results. Exactly. Yeah. Not conceding. No, this is it. They're very hard to break down, Chelsea. Yeah, and I think with both of their full-backs back, they're infinitely better. Like they lost Chilwell and Rhys James. And Will Chilwell come back the same player? Very interesting. Though. Will Cucurella end up there? So <laughs> many questions. Very strange. Keep your eye on Chelsea's transfer activities because the owner is going ham. Yes. I think that is a topic for next week. Yeah. We're going to go... See how that plays out. Going to Chelsea. Don't know what else yet, but, you know, that's why you need to come back to find out what else <laughs> is going to be, you know, being discussed. There'll be more hot takes, that I can guarantee you. <laughs> there might not be more Arsenal, yeah. but he'll probably crowbar it in. Maybe there Arsenal will happen every Arsenal. time. There might be some United as well. That's a good point. Sorry about that. And we'll try and, we'll try and give everyone, you know, reasonable airtime. It's the first pod, you know. We've covered a lot. Scattergun. Hope you enjoyed. Once the season starts, I think you'll be a bit more consistent in everything that we cover. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I wish we had a subscribe button, but we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Wish we had a sponsor, but we don't. (laughs) So, yeah, thanks for listening, and yeah, see you soon. Bye-bye.